you know, um, <laughs> I don't even know how I want to enter this. You know what? I'm not entering anything. Uh, joining me today is is my favorite person in comics. Uh, I've told that oh, to wow. a lot of people. You know, I have. Venditti used to be my favorite person in comics. Uh, but you've now surpassed him because you have great taste in comics and great taste in movies. So joining me today is Greg Kassman from Valiant Comics. What's up? Uh, thank you, man. I, uh, I don't think I will ever pass, uh, surpass Venditti uh, just due to his EXO work alone. Uh, but it, it's it's an honor to uh, be introduced with such absurdly high praise. Thank you, man. Hey, I, I try, doing? man. I try. Um, we're, we're actually not really talking Valiant. Well, I mean, we're going to talk, we're going to plug a book that I loved. Uh, but we're, whoa, we're, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Whoa, what? Whoa. I thought I was here to talk about Shadow Man number one, which oh. is on sale April 28th and available for pre-order at your local <laughs> comic shop until April 5th. You are such a marketing professional, Greg. You are. <laughs> it is a good book though. I know you got to read it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tweeting about it. It's yeah. Yeah. Book, I loved man. it. I'm, I'm really happy for people to read it. Uh, I gotta tell you, I uh, I posted that tweet last night, I guess, and uh, I man, it had like a bunch of retweets, like fifty or sixty likes. I was like, what is happening here? Wow. So uh, yeah, that's good. And I saw that uh, Cullen chimed in and uh, John Davis Hunt. Uh, I think he retweeted the post or something too. So that was exciting. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think it's yeah, uh, they're they're good dudes. Be- best Shadow Man book ever. How's that? Is that good? I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you really liked it. Um, after the call, remind me to. Uh, I'll email you. Um, I'll look at issue two. Oh, look at this! Breaking news! Breaking news! No, that's <laughs> Just exciting. Just your eyes only. So you, you, you can brag about it, but uh, please, please don't uh, share. It. That's right. That's right. So here, here's what happened. So I wanted to talk about the Snyder Cut. And uh, and everyone was busy, and so I said, "Hey, Greg, you want to come chat Shadow Man with me?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." But then we tricked them, so we're not talking about Shadow Man. We're talking about the Snyder <laughs> we're talking Cut. Talking about the Shadow Man Cut. Uh, yeah, the Shadow Man Cut. There you go. Where's my bell? Bing. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad we're actually chatting about something not valued, because every time, like well, you and I chat all the time uh, about, mm-hmm. like, in particular, Moon Knight, because uh, we're both really big fans. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's nice to have you on audio. Here, yeah. yeah. On audio, not just talking Valiant, talking about other stuff that we enjoy. So, uh, pleasure. And, man, when, uh, when Moon Knight finally gets his own show on Disney plus, we will, uh, I, I would be happy to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, all right. We, we can talk about this it. offline. We can talk about this offline, but I think we should do a limited, a, a limited series Moon Knight podcast. When that show comes out, yeah, like, I mean, Moon Knight always, well, modern Moon Knight only gets limited series, anyways. That's so, true. Uh, <laughs> poor dude can't catch a break. You know, maybe that'll change with the uh, with the show, though. Maybe. And look, the what was it? The 2007 run that had a decent amount of issues. That was like 20 something issues. The, I think the Bendis run was like 12 or something yep. like that. Yep. And Vengeance was what was that? Like 14 issues or something. Yep. Yeah, but there's, there hasn't yeah. been a, a long run since like the '90s, '80s. It's yeah, it's it's been a while, and who knows? Maybe this a uh, Disney Plus show. Um, you have to assume Marvel is looking at all the stuff that's coming up with, that features their characters outside the comics and mm-hmm. saying, "How can we put together 
you know, an amazing book to capitalize on this. Uh, so I really hope that, you know, there's there's a writer, an artist, an editor, a colorist, and a letterer out there hard at work right now in a Moon Knight book. And they're just eager to get it announced so we can see it because uh, I, I want more Moon Knight, man. I, let me tell you, I know that publishers aren't big on doing, like, company crossovers anymore, but you know it would be cool? A Shadow Man Moon Knight crossover book with Cullen Bunn and John Davis Hunt. Just that saying. would be cool. I'm uh, just saying. And I'm saying that as a fan and not an employee. Of <laughs> oh yeah, we should we should preface by saying that all of Greg's opinions are his own and uh, yeah. not tied to Valiant Entertainment. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I got true. I got to throw that in there. Uh, we're just chatting as fans, but uh, but yeah, no, we we're gonna chat Snyder Cut because uh, you and I talked mm-hmm. a little bit offline about Snyder Cut. Uh, I think actually this conversation might have been your idea. So I just lied to everybody listening, uh, saying that I tricked you into this. I'm pretty sure it was your idea for us to chat about the Snyder Cut. Uh, so shout out it to you, Greg. Good. I think I asked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, recorded the episode, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. So uh, so thanks for that. Uh, I, I got to ask you, how many times have you seen it? I know you got a baby, so maybe you haven't had a lot of time. Have you seen it more than once or started to at least? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, neither time was in one sitting, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, between uh, you know work and then uh, being a, a relatively new parent, um, juggling some other stuff. I, I wish you know I had the time for what four hours and three minutes or something <laughs> yeah. to do in one sitting. But uh, I, I had to do it in several doses, and then uh, the second time uh, I watched it with my wife. And we watched it uh, in two nights. So one nice. evening we watched like two hours, and then the next evening we watched the other two. Because uh, our, our little boy's grown up, and he's finally starting to be a, a little more independent and sleep a little more on his own. And so it gives us a little more freedom to, you know, feel a little bit of our old life and like watch TV for a half hour or, yeah. or something. <laughs> so uh, th- thank you, Parker, for letting us get a little more. Uh, time away there you go I, I i'm sure everyone wants to know how in the world did you get your wife to watch this movie with you because i try man uh, i try to get my wife to watch them with me and she doesn't the only time she'll watch comic book movies with me is when i trick her uh like we went to see deadpool in theaters she had no idea what deadpool was but she knew ryan reynolds was in it and she's like i love ryan reynolds so i tricked her into watching it and the movie starts and she's like wait a second, this is a comic book movie? And I was like, yep. She's like, god damn it. But she loved it. In fact, we've seen it a few times afterwards, and we went to see the second one in yeah. theaters. Uh, but I can't get they, her to watch any uh, other I re- ones. Uh, I remember Deadpool, they actually did a variety of posters uh, promoting the movie as different genres, and one of them was like promoting it as a Valentine's Day movie. Oh, hilarious. Oh, it did come out on Valentine's yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, my wife is a... Uh, Oh, my wife's amazing, man. Um, she, not that yours isn't, uh, please don't. Oh, well, mine's all right. Uh, <laughs> She's probably no, listening and be like, you like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, just because, like, uh, my wife isn't, like, a big comic book fan or anything, but we have very similar interests, and she's open to watching, really, like, any kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, for she she actually enjoyed um Man of Steel, uh, BBS. She, she doesn't really like that much because of the final act with you know the giant CGI yep. battle. Yeah. But she enjoyed uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I remember she was watching it, 
Uh, well, you know, I'd rather not give too much of her commentary just because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know who's listening, and uh, I don't want to affect her employment at all. But she enjoyed the movie. I'll just say that. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, man. Even though it's four hours and three minutes long, uh, to me at least, it didn't feel that long. Uh, and and I think uh, I think you and I are maybe in the minority of people that enjoy these movies. Like you know, you and I talked about Man of Steel and BVS a lot. Uh, and and we love both of those movies, and and I can assume that you enjoyed even the non Snyder cut version of this. Uh, but dude, like I watched the the first time that I watched it, I've seen it twice now. Uh, the mm-hmm. first time that I watched it, I watched it in one sitting, and I was just engrossed, man. I just felt like I've been anticipating this movie for so long that I wanted to see like what the changes were, and. It, it just didn't feel like it was an additional like hour and a half long. Yeah, um, I, I had a similar experience. Obviously, you know, I didn't watch it in one sitting, but uh, for me, you know, I, I didn't really feel the gravity of the uh, long runtime yeah. for this movie. Uh, maybe that's because I, I really enjoyed the movie. Had time to really flesh out each character's arc, and as someone who enjoyed the two movies that came before this, it's it's really cool just seeing how much this universe has grown and how the characters have developed. I yeah. mean, you know, Batman v Superman, you know, uh, Batman was the villain in that. I know technically Lex Luthor and Doomsday were, but Batman was also a villain. Yeah. He was driven by fear and paranoia and anger. Uh, and he, you know, completely lost sight of who he was. And, you know, there was that whole speech about, like, if there's even a 1% chance he's our enemy, we have to take this as an absolute certainty or whatever. And then in this movie... You know, when he's stepping on the plane, Alfred is like, how do you know Superman will show up? And he says, faith, just faith, Alfred. <laughs> so it's just, it's cool seeing how the character is developed. And uh, it, it's just funny that, like, the plan with Snyder's story was to get to the point where everyone kind of wanted. Yeah. It just took time to get there, and they wanted to do it differently, kind of deconstruct the characters first. Yeah, and yeah, build yeah. them up and do this fun team up that has more organic humor throughout while also you know having a similar tone to the previous movies um but yeah i I enjoyed it a lot man and uh i'm your your assumption was right i did not hate the theatrical version when i go back and watch it now um you know obviously uh I, i had 2020 and uh there were blatant reshoots in that movie which you know, I'll be totally honest. They they weren't for me. I'll say some of the uh, <laughs> added humor. Yeah. Um. You know, like with the, the way Superman returns, the fight scene there, stuff like that. Uh, I personally wasn't a fan of it. Um. But yeah, I I, I really enjoyed uh, this movie. And uh, Cyborg was robbed, man. He has for such a real. Story. That just the part of him learning about his abilities, that brief scene of how he could do whatever he wants and he just helps a single mom in need, just the the heart and emotion behind that scene alone, I, I really loved it. Yeah, I saw uh, there was a snippet on Twitter, I think yesterday, the day before, uh, where Snyder said that like at its heart, this is a, a cyborg movie. And, and mm-hmm. I think it really shows with the vision that he presented – how much more important Cyborg is to this movie than the theatrical release that we got. Uh, and and I think the same goes for Steppenwolf, too. 
Uh, because in the oh, original yeah, movie, sure. Steppenwolf was just kind of like, eh, why should I care about this guy? Uh, but the way that he's treated in this movie, I was like, yeah, this poor guy. Like, it's it's cool to feel like a little bad for the villain, right? And and why he's doing the reason. Um, why yeah. I, why I think like there's there's certain certain villains that resonate with people a lot. Like I'm I'm really into uh, Doctor Doom right now. I'm loving. I'm reading like everything. And uh, and there's other characters like you know you guys have Harada over at Valiant. Valiant Harada's kind of the same type of character where he's he's a villain, but like there's a reason why he's doing the things he does, and it makes you wonder like is this really a bad guy or is it just like a misunderstood guy? Yeah, that definitely applies to the villains you've listed. But uh, <laughs> Steppenwolf, I like that they added more story to him, and he's actually scary. Like he is mm. a formidable uh, villain. Yeah, uh, that scene with Silas. When he's, you know, uh, entering Star Labs, he punches through and has to duck to enter. And he comes through the smoke like he's he's a scary dude. Yeah. And uh, you can you do have a bit of sympathy for it because he's just, you know, that that expression he has when Desaad tells him, "What is it like fifty thousand more yeah, worlds?" Yeah, fifty thousand like worlds. <laughs> he just wants to go home, man. He's sorry. <laughs> just let him home. You let him go home. But I I don't feel like in those moments you feel some empathy, but at the same rate like. You also just saw him like violently slaughter Amazon sure. horses and stuff, and you're like, yeah, no, he's he's a terrible, terrible alien uh, with a lot of blood on his hands. He's not a good person, <laughs> but I do feel bad for him in this one moment. Yeah, I, I actually really love that scene that you mentioned. Well, because he just like takes uh, he doesn't take the armor off; it just like disappears into him, um, and then he just like gets he's, down he's being and he's yeah, yeah, he gets down on yeah. his knees, and like you can tell the the, the expression on his face uh, that he's yeah. just like really humbled. Uh, I wish they kind of yeah, would've... and they linger on yeah. the shot when he bows his head. Yep. as well. I wish they got, would have gone a little bit more into like what it is that he did uh, for for him to have to do these fifty thousand worlds for Dark Sun. Uh, but but aside from that, like I thought the the, the newer interpretation of this was just above and beyond anything that. I could have hoped for, uh, especially after seeing the the theatrical release. Um, and I'm I'm actually curious to rewatch the theatrical now, having seen this, um, not just mm-hmm. to see like how the new stuff fits in, the, the reshoots and all that, uh, and the additional footage, uh, but how how those things affect the plot. Um, because even though I enjoyed the the theatrical life, there was a lot of plot holes in it, and and I I didn't feel like there were those plot holes in in the Snyder cut. Uh, I think they they got tied up pretty well. Yeah, I think there are a number of things that um, they don't explicitly state the reasoning. They're kind of things they have to put together. Like, for example, uh, one question my wife and I had was, you know, how did Darkseid forget the one world that, you know, defeated him? You know, how did he forget? But... It, it makes sense, and shout out to the DC Films Squad, uh, DC Films podcast for this. Um, I heard their theory was like you know, the mother boxes were kind of like their GPS, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they lost the mother boxes on Earth, and they just had to flee back to their own universe or dimension or whatever, they lost track, and that's why Darkseid said, you know, he has turned one hundred thousand worlds to dust. Yeah. to find it. Uh, so he's been, you know, since that, going planet to planet, just destroying everything, hoping that it's, you know, the 
planet that defied him. Um, and so I guess it's just sheer luck that uh, Steppenwolf found it. Well, well, not sheer luck. There's obviously explanation with Superman's scream being powerful enough mm-hmm. to wake all three boxes. Um, well, th- did it wake all three or just the uh, just the one uh, in Tenskera? I think it was the one, the one that the Amazons had, but then when that one mm-hmm. awakened, yeah. the other ones began to awaken. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, th- there's, yeah, there's so much to discuss about this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you wanted to tackle first? Because I was going to go off on like 20 tangents. Right no, now. no, let's go with the tangents. Let's go with the tangents. Obviously, like, here, here's the thing. I'm going to say uh, beware of spoilers. But but the thing is like chances are if you want if you wanted to see this movie you've already seen it right yeah. um like we we've got a listener uh, Glenn he he's seen this seven times already wow yeah that's dedication man that, <laughs> yeah that is showing that is showing Warner Media and HBO Max he uh he wants to hashtag restore the Snyderverse oh boy that's a whole different story uh it I, is, I, I but look go ahead go ahead yeah. No, I was going to say, we were talking about plot holes and everything for other movies, and this movie, you know, if you're not familiar with the DC universe, you know, the stuff in Martian Manhunter, you're like, wait, what? Oh, Who's my this? God. What's going on? And, you know, it's so clear that there's so much more story here. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be like ending the Marvel Cinematic Universe when Loki was defeated uh, in the Battle of New York and uh, Thanos was teased, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We still need Darkseid to go do his invasion of Earth, see this whole nightmare timeline, see how Batman goes, uh, Flash goes back in time to stop all of it. I, I, okay, maybe not need. That, that's being rather selfish. It's something I would love to see, and frankly, I think there's room for it. HBO Max needs additional content, yep. and I know WB has a ton of plans for big, the big screen universe, you know, we have uh, that Flashpoint movie. We have the Batman. There's uh, a new Superman in the works. I think these things can coexist. It's a multiverse. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there could be something for everyone. So I do hope that there was enough positive reception from fans, critics, uh, HBO subscriptions, and HBO views to justify a continuation of the story uh, on HBO Max. I, I would love that. Uh, but if if even if we don't get it, man, I'm just happy that we got this to see at least uh, what he originally planned for it, uh, especially given, you know, the circumstances circumstances surrounding the movie and what this must have meant completing this movie. That is to uh, Zack Snyder and uh, Debbie Snyder, um, you know, because you have the uh, tag card uh, for Autumn. Yeah. Um, if people aren't familiar, listening is. His uh, daughter uh, tragically took her own life during the production of the movie, and that, that's what uh, he, he eventually stepped aside, and the studio uh, had Joss Whedon kind of take over. And, uh, that, that's a whole different story. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah I've been... Uh, one that continues to be explored, yeah. I'd be curious to see how this affects their subscription numbers, right? Because uh, obviously with, with COVID still going on, um, even though things seem to be getting better, uh, they have big plans for HBO Max in releasing all their new films, right, uh, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I mean, I'm excited for basically all of them, right? In particular, Dune oh, and The Matrix. Um, yeah. 
which I, I think Dune that that was pushed back like a year, right? Because it was supposed to be out already, uh, and now it's like November or December. November, I think, and then Matrix in December. Um, but but I'd be curious to know if if this particular film brought in new subscribers that are not comic book fans. Right, because I think uh, those of us that love DC Comics already have HBO Max, so we can see the movies, the DC movies, uh, and then all the other stuff, obviously. Uh, and then I'm sure that the, like there were some people coming in uh, to subscribe just to see this one, uh, kind of like the we'll call them the the Marvel naysayers, right? The people that are <laughs> already talking smack about the Slatter Cut. Um, but but I'm curious to like for normal people if, if that made a difference and and I'm curious to know how they felt about this movie uh, either not having seen the the theatrical or maybe not remembering it because um, I I do know I have a few friends that are fans of, of DC Comics uh, that did not watch the originals uh, Justice League uh, that watched this and weren't terribly impressed right they just felt like it was mm-hmm. kind of another DC film. And and I kind of get that, but at the same time, I wonder if, if people like you and I are more excited because we did see the original, and then you see this, like, truly upgraded version. Spoilers for my rating. Truly better version of the movie um, that, and, and to get really excited. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be a case-by-case basis. And I think people, you know, if they are DC fans or comic book fans, um, we are, we're all going to bring our preconceived notions to these movies, you know, whether they're Marvel or DC, we're all going to, if it's a character we love, we're all going to have a certain image in mind and we're going to say, you know, X, Y, and Z needs to be represented in the movie. Mm-hmm. So even though I love Man of Steel and the ultimate petition of Batman v Superman, I understand why some people don't like it. Yep. That's totally cool. I got nothing against that. Uh, the only, the only issue I have is, you know, when, when people are toxic, either, you know, in support of the movie or against the movie. And I see a lot of that on both sides Yeah. Uh, on, on Twitter, unfortunately. And yep. that is, you know, never okay. These, these are movies. They're meant for escapism. If you love them, that's that's terrific. We, we can have civilized discussions about these things. If you don't like them, that's cool, too. No need to be, like, mean-spirited about it. Uh, we can all just chat about these things because at the end of the day, the thing that actually unites us is our love for these characters. And these characters can exist through, you know, so many different interpretations throughout the years. You know, I love Man of Steel, but I also love uh, what Superman versus the Elite, the animated movie, mm-hmm. two very different things. Yep. I also love Teen Titans Go to the movie. You know, it's possible <laughs> to love totally different things that celebrate these characters in different ways. But getting to my point, I do think that Zack Snyder's Justice League is much more crowd-pleasing than a lot of people would would have expected. I think it has more humor than a lot of people would have anticipated, uh, a bit of a lighter tone at times, and uh, certainly a little bit more of an optimistic, uh, at least blatantly optimistic tone. Now, I'm not going to say Man of Steel and BBS are dark and bleak, because I, I do disagree. I do think that there are a lot of optimistic and inspiring moments in Man of Steel, and it's fine if you disagree. And I do think in BVS as well, because, you know, it opens with Bruce Wayne saying, oh, what's fallen is fallen. He's talking about, you know, not things can't be repaired. Mm-hmm. And then his final speech after Superman, you know, sacrifices himself to save the planet, you know, men are still good. We can rebuild, yada, yada, yada. So I, I, I think those movies do have that, but it's less, 
laden, I suppose. And uh, I think you see a little more of them this movie in it. So I do think that's why you're seeing a more positive reception to this film uh, from critics and, and general audiences as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to get your your opinion on something because uh, you mentioned the the, the the lighter tone stuff, and uh, there was yeah. a little bit of, of pushback uh, when I, I want to say maybe Wonder Woman uh, or Wonder Woman two uh, was it Wonder Woman two I can't remember but when they they brightened things up right because people were complaining that Man of Steel and BVS were so dark uh, and and I do wonder. Uh, you know, this is supposed to be Snyder's vision of the movie. With that humor in it, this would have been something that he was doing before all that lighter stuff, right? The the trying to marvelize the DC universe. Um, and I'm curious if if some of that would have been like studio input as the the reshoots and whatever were being done, the the re-edit, or if this was the case all along. Because I think you can kind of make an argument for both. Um, you know, I think Snyder's movies a lot of times do tend to lean on the darker side, right? Um, but but with this being kind of a, a series, like a, a conclusion to that Man of Steel BVS story, uh, maybe that was intentional to have it brightened up a little bit uh, because you have such a, a long-ranging arc for all these characters. I think uh, I think for the most part it was intentional. Um, and I think they've said that in interviews. I do think there may have been some, you know, a little bit of compromise here and there with, you know, perhaps there may be a little more humor than originally anticipated. I, I sincerely don't know, but I do think that was supposed to be the intention all along. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Calwell's father does talk about everyone joining him in the sun mm-hmm. eventually. So I think uh, this movie is that, you know, all these characters finally joining him and the sun in a more optimistic setting. So even, it's funny because even though it has technically the most ominous plot, you know, uh, in an in invasion of aliens who want to, uh, you know, uh, take over the planet and turn everyone into these undead minions that serve a guy who's literally named Darkseid. Uh, <laughs> but it still, you know, it still manages to be, you know, the lightest one because you get all the different character dynamics in there. You know, you get the Flash with a, light, a little more lighthearted take, um, interacting with people. And uh, Batman, you know, he's, he's you get a little more Batman and Alfred. And Batman this time around, he's still driven, but it's a different purpose. He's looking to unite instead of divide. So I think that organically brings about more humor um, and and some a little more levity. And, uh, so it's tough to say because like you do have some interviews where Snyder did say you know the studio um, was asking to try to you know add more humor here and there, and he was he he claimed he was open to ideas. So right. maybe it's possible some of the jokes were things that the studio nudged, and he was like, yeah, no, that actually works pretty well. Uh, maybe not. I, I sincerely don't know. And and you got to think too, with the Flash being in this movie, you don't really need anything else, right? Because like Barry's a funny guy in this movie. Like every time he showed up, I was cracking up. Yeah, and you you kind of gotta love that. The only time he's really super serious is with um with his dad. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. The yeah, the one thing that be a different side there. The one thing that I would love to see would be. I mean, I don't know about a Snyder directed. I mean, I'd be cool with that. Uh, I would love to see another Wonder Woman movie done with Snyder. 
Uh, but uh, but I can't wait for this this Flashpoint movie. Uh, I hope it uh, it really like accentuates the character because I think I mean that I think that alone has a potential to be a franchise, right? Uh, if they do it correctly. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. I'm very curious about that. Like even though I love these Snyder movies, I go into every other movie with an open mind as well. I, I know it may be blasphemy to some people, but I really had fun with Shazam. I enjoyed that movie a lot. I love Shazam. Looking forward to the next one. I'm looking forward to Black Adam, uh, Flashpoint. You know, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out because it seems like those things are constantly changing. And frankly, with how well received this, the you know this movie has been, who knows if that's going to affect anything moving forward? Because they they do view the theatrical version of Justice League as canon for that universe. And mm-hmm. That's that's fine. That's their decision. But seeing that this movie, you know, crashed HBO Max. <laughs> in certain uh, places, and it's getting what they wanted originally from the movie, which is, you know, critical acclaim and overwhelming positive feedback from fans. Yeah, um, I'm very curious to see if this is potentially affecting the course at all. Uh, if if they're going to say, yeah, we didn't want to use this character, but maybe after seeing how well received this character is and how many people saw this movie. Maybe we can, you know, bring them into the fold or something. So, guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious. I, I haven't really looked too much. Let me tell. I'm, I'm like really good at avoiding spoilers, and I haven't turned my filters off. Like I haven't seen One Division yet, and I don't know anything that happens in that show. Okay. Oh wow. All okay. I know is that people like it. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna watch it again. I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna watch uh, the Snyder Cut one more time before I start One Division. Uh, and then once I do that, I'll do Black Panther and all that, or not Black Panther, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But uh, you know, I, I'd be curious to know like what the reaction is from from creators uh, with this movie. The only reactions that I've seen, and I had to postpone the episode. Uh, until I watched it the first time, but uh, you know, Liefeld has mm-hmm. his podcast now, um, and and he loved the living Jesus out of it, and and he's like tweeting about it all the time. Um, so I'm curious if there's other guys in the industry like Liefeld that are being as positive as as he is. And granted, like he can probably say whatever the hell he wants because he's Rob Liefeld, right? Uh, maybe guys <laughs> that still work for DC can't say much. Uh, but it seemed like at least through through teasers, like I think Tom King had teased like a couple things out uh, about his thoughts in the movie. And, and from my understanding of th- th- the memes that he was posting, uh, he seemed to really enjoy it as well. Uh, so I, I assume the reaction is positive in terms of creators as well. Um, it's really a case by case basis. And uh, that's I don't want to you know, I'm not going to call anyone out by name, but I do see some people. You know, uh, making essentially threads, uh, <laughs> threads of tweets saying, you know, what they don't like about it, or uh, you know, uh, certain decisions that they um, perhaps weren't fond of, and they wish it was executed differently. But uh, you know, Rob Liefeld is, uh, you know, say what you will about the guy, but he's a great hype man. Uh-huh. Uh, he will absolutely go to bat for the things he uh, loves. I see him tweeting about it all the time. Yep. Um, and yeah, I don't know if other individuals enjoyed it as opposed to just making a joke while watching it. You know, like I saw Tom King tweet, 
the image of Darkseid when he's in that uh, kind of organic metal or whatever mm-hmm. hologram. Yep. And he just said, uh, this bleeping double dipper, which is obviously <laughs> not to his work. Uh, I, I don't know if he actually gave any kind of commentary. Frankly, you know, unless it, if he doesn't like it, you know, considering he's working on the new Gods movie, uh, I, I imagine, you know, he probably just wouldn't say anything if he didn't right. like it. Right. Uh, that would be the professional thing to do, in my opinion. Yep. But that's just my opinion. Yep. Uh, funny side story. Uh, many years ago, Rob Liefeld and I had a heated exchange on Twitter um, because uh, he was bad, bad-mouthing uh, Valiant. And, and I said, well, actually, and I posted a, a picture of, uh, I can't remember, I think it was Comicron sales. And uh, and he just blocked me. But then, uh, like a year ago, he unblocked me and followed me, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> I guess he may have seen the tweet here that changed his mind. I don't know. Uh, maybe. maybe it's possible. It's I possible. But uh, I, I'm glad you guys have uh, worked it out. Yeah, we're we're best friends now. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, me, me and Rob <laughs> are going to go see the Snyder Cut. the movie, you could, uh, <laughs> you could hop on a call with Rob and you guys could watch it together. Uh, that dude is hilarious. I love his podcast. Uh, so shout out to that podcast. But uh, but anyways, so I actually have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Are talking about social media and reaction? I see. So th- this I find very interesting. Um, again, I have nothing against constructive criticism and nothing against <laughs> people who simply don't like the movie. Nothing against that. Yep. But I see a lot of people sometimes bashing the hero to defend like the worst people. Like in Man of Steel, you know, people were like, "How can Superman destroy that guy's truck?" when that dude was a sexual harasser. Like, he, he was a garbage human being. And, like, in the classic movies, in Superman 2, I think, when he gets his power back, uh-huh. he goes back to the was it a diner and just beats up the guy uh, who previously beat him up when he was depowered to get revenge. Um, but a- anyway, I digress. Uh, in Wonder Woman's opening scene against the... Uh, what were they called? Like, the reaction, reactionary terrorists or yep. something? yep. Um, she, you know, the bomb is ticking. These people are going to kill kids and it's going to destroy, uh, multiple city blocks. I think they said, so it's not only going to destroy those kids, but also, you know, maybe dozens, if not hundreds of innocent people in the surrounding area. Um, so she was, you know, acting very quickly and, uh, you know, everyone she hits with her superhuman strength, they go flying. And it's very clear that, you know, one or two of those people did not survive the impact. Like, one of them she threw and, uh, you know, they hit their head or their neck and they fell. There was a blood stain. And uh, the, the, the guy then tries to shoot the children and she does her gauntlet thing. Uh-huh. Clearly kills him and does some destruction. And I see a lot of people having very heated exchanges about that scene. Really, uh, and I, I find that I find that very interesting. Yeah, because after that, she does have that sweet moment uh, with the the young. Uh, presumably, it was a school trip or something. Maybe yep. those kids. Yep. Um, where she says, like, "Oh, you know, princess, you could be anything you want to be." Um, and people are joking, like she says that while like there's still blood everywhere and stuff. Uh, and and frankly, I that scene didn't bother me because I've always viewed to me Wonder Woman is you know, this this fierce warrior who is, you know, just as compassionate as she is 
formidable as a fighter. Like she does, unlike Superman or Batman in the comics, you know, she presumably, I guess you could say does what needs to be done in some cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, she, as far as I know, and I may be mistaken here, you know, will take a life if necessary. Uh, And, you know, if it's the thing that seems like the right solution, Uh, but that doesn't make her any less compassionate or inspiring to me. Um, But that's just me. And obviously that's a stark contrast of someone just watched Wonder Woman 1984. Look, I'm going to make make a gross overgeneralization, but this is something that seems to ring true to me from the the comments that I see from some folks on social media. And again, this may not be like 100% of the people making these comments, uh, there's certainly a lot of people commenting uh, negative things just to be bandwagon writers. Um, but but one thing that I notice is you can always really tell the people that like really know and love comics, like geek out about the littlest things in comics, and the people that like just read comics for for whatever reason, right? Like just as an additional hobby, or because like you know their dad read comics, so they read com- whatever, like whatever reason. Uh, but you can always tell, and it's things like what you mentioned, or like uh, you know people were up in arms with like Batman using a gun in uh, in BVS and like all this other stuff. It's like people that don't understand like the history of the characters, right? And and I think regardless of the failings of any DC movie, um, there's something in every DC movie for for all kinds of fans. Uh, including fans like me who totally nerd out about like golden age stories. Um, and you know, you, I, I don't expect people to go back and read like 80 years of Batman. Right. Uh, but as a Batman fan, I want to do that. Right. Because I want to know where this character has been so I can like really understand the character. And, you know, in the golden age for like yeah two or three issues granted, but Batman did use a gun. So like, to me, it's not that big a deal. But if somebody has never seen that, they're going to react negatively, right? And I think that might be the same for Wonder Woman, who, like, as big a character as she is, um, I don't think as many people are, like, really familiar with her history um, as, say, something like Batman or Superman, right? Um, and, and the same is probably true for, like, Flash or, you know, Green Lantern even, uh, who characters that have a very long history and most people don't have the the time or resources to invest in going through 75 80 years of comic history and so they just they talk based on what they like right and and what they know um it's like you know the the whole question about like who's the best flash or who's the best uh green lantern right uh, like i love i love kyle as the green lantern but you know He's not the Green Lantern anymore. Um, so so that that's how I judge some of these comments. And and when I see something that I have seen in the comics and that that is part of a character's history and people are kind of bashing on it, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You just like you don't you haven't read your comics, bro. Well, I think um, like I have nothing against people who like. You know, if they see that scene in Wonder Woman, you know she's she's blatantly killing some people, uh, and they don't like that. That's that's fine. You know, uh, obviously, you know Wonder Woman 1984 is probably more appealing, and I hope they enjoyed that. And you know, maybe Wonder <laughs> Woman 3 is a movie that, 
you know, they'll they'll like as well, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, there should be, you know, something for everyone, and uh, that, that's great. Uh, but even, like, Batman, I, I feel like people are very quick to judge uh, these movies because, like, Batman, but he used a grenade launcher in DVS, but that was for the <laughs> kryptonite rounds. And then he used the sniper rifle just for a tracking right. uh, dart. Right. Which was even then still a nod to the Dark Knight Returns when he uses a a rifle for I think it's a grappling line to to go uh, uh, cross I don't remember exactly uh, it's the conflict with Two Face if I recall correctly in the comic um, yeah I just I just found it really interesting that people were uh, taking that scene and. Uh, just choosing to really, really argue about that because I was seeing very, very heated discussions back and forth about that. And while I do agree that, like, given her super speed, obviously she didn't have to use the uh, the, the bracelet yeah. <laughs> attack <laughs> to defeat that last guy. Um, obviously she could have just, like, sped up, disarmed the gun or whatever, and been like, you're under arrest or whatever. <laughs> but the guy just tried to murder a bunch of kids. She... She wasn't too happy about that. Right. Um, and if you think that is not an appropriate reaction, and that's not how heroes should be portrayed, that's that's okay. Um, I didn't mind the scene. Uh, I even thought it was a little humorous with the hat floating down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that uh, part. Yeah. And, and I did see people say like she did more damage than the bomb, which is just actually incorrect because like. They said the bomb was going to destroy four city blocks, and she essentially just blew out that wall. Which, yep. Yeah, that could have hurt the people uh, outside the building, which is very irresponsible. But again, you know, she was just under pressure, and the guy just tried to murder kids right in front of her. You're so, you're absolutely I, I'm, correct. I'm not, I'm not too upset with Wonder Woman. Yeah, you're you're correct. Uh, and actually, since you brought that scene up, it, and I did it when I watched the theatrical release, and I God damn it, I did it again. I cried right before the end of that scene. Um, yeah. Like when she's getting all the bullets out and then she stops and like stares them down. Uh, I started weeping again and I said, God damn it. It's been three years and I'm still <laughs> weeping about this. Uh, Cause when I, when I watched the, the, the theatrical release, I saw it in theaters and uh, I took my kids with me. My wife did not want to go, um, but I took the kids and, uh, and they really enjoyed it. But, but I cried in three scenes. Okay. So that, that was one of them. Uh, the other one is when when Lois sees Superman for the first time, uh, and then when yep. Martha shows up uh, right after that that next scene. Uh, those are the three parts that I cried in when I first saw it, and God damn it, I did it again all three times in this one. Um, <laughs> and there's, the, not, there's nothing wrong with that, man. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. But but I think that that shows like the 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 level of storytelling uh, that you can tell in a superhero movie. Uh, because you know I love Marvel movies, but I haven't cried in a single Marvel movie, right? And I, I may have shed a tear or two in BVS, I can't remember, um, but but in Justice League, definitely uh, three or four times. Yeah, in Man of Steel, when uh, Jonathan Kent kind of breaks up a little bit, saying "You are my son," mm. uh, that part usually hits me. Uh, I think that's a really uh, that that line's handled really well. Um, yep. Definitely hits me now as a father as well, watching that. For sure. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, like, like Marvel, their cinematic universe is a huge accomplishment. Like, I, I agree with you. I have not personally been emotionally connected enough where I have, I don't recall crying during any of the movies, mm-hmm. but I, I, I know other people do. Other people get that invested with these movies, and that's that's terrific, man. Uh, and it, frankly, you know, I, I, I don't think they've made technically you know, a bad film yet. Have I loved and, and, and frankly liked every film? No. Right. But that just means it wasn't for me. I think no matter what, at the end of the day, they know how to make very entertaining movies, like action comedies. They do that very well. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to stray away from that a little bit. And I think they're going to, um, I think they're going to experiment a little more with genre in phase four. And I look forward to seeing how they do that. Like, uh, with uh, Doctor Strange and the the multiverse, uh, with Sam Raimi directing, um, or Shang Chi, uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this next phase plays out. Uh, but above all else, man, I, I I just want to see Moon Knight. I hope. Hell yeah! Uh, I really hope that has a pretty serious tone behind it. And I hope we see Moon Knight show up in a movie too. I mean, I'm I'm super thrilled for this show. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, but I want to see him show up in in the movies. Uh, just, yeah. it, it's one of those things. I don't I don't know I don't know. There's certain characters that just so, resonate with me, and seeing them yeah. come alive, aside from the page, and where I, I no longer have to imagine like what they're doing on the pages, but mm-hmm. actually seeing it live action if it's done well, uh, and that that's definitely one of them. Yeah. So speaking of Dunwall, I have to ask you, what, what was your favorite scene in uh, this movie? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I really liked the epilogue. I don't know if we should talk about that yet. Um, in terms of the... <laughs> Up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we can. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the epilogue. Uh, and I was totally shocked. You know what? Maybe that's my favorite scene. When, spoilers, Martian Manhunter shows up. Um, because again, I didn't know anything about this movie and I've been avoiding spoilers and avoiding people that have watched it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm watching this movie and, and I see Lois and Martha talking and I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is one of the new scenes. Right. And, and I'm watching it. And at the end, Martha's eyes turn red and I said, well, that's weird. And then you see like John transform into John and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I didn't expect that in the middle of the movie. You know what I mean? Uh, because I, yeah. I saw a quote from Snyder that say, says something about there was some surprise, like, towards the end of the film uh, that people, like, weren't aware of. Uh, so my thing was, like, okay, well, maybe, like, a Green Lantern shows up, right? Because uh, you have that Green Lantern in the the flashback scene, the first battle against Darkseid. And uh, and I was yeah. like, okay, like maybe we'll get a modern Green Lantern. Uh, did not expect John. I should have known it was John because John is such an integral part of the league. Um, and uh, and and just seeing that, I was like, oh man, like this is freaking awesome, right? Uh, I I don't know if I enjoyed uh, the little dialogue as much with Batman at the end. Um, when they exchange a couple words, but the cool thing about that scene was how it sets up uh, future possibilities. So you mentioned the dialogue, and I think it's actually really interesting because Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne has such a casual uh, reaction 
to John showing up, and it's almost like, dude, you woke me up. I just want to go back to bed. What is it? And I think that just goes to show again the handling of these character arcs because, you know, you think back to the intro of BVS. Uh, Mankind is introduced to the Superman and the response that Batman had when he saw these two aliens fighting and feeling helpless, you know, against them and seeing the destruction they can cause and that filled him with rage and anger and it, you know, totally blinded him uh, from his, you know, his actual mission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he was just so determined. He, he was xenophobic, right? Like right. He, he hated Superman with a passion. He didn't trust him. You know, you're, you're not even, you're not a god. You're not even a man or whatever he said. And then this alien shows up who does not look like a human being. He goes, oh, hey, man, what's up? Yeah, yeah, if you want to help, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we can use all the help we, get, we can get, I guess. That's cool, man. Welcome to the team. Yeah, like, that's it, actually... It's that's pretty a, cool to see the character change like that, that. That's a cool connection I didn't make, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, because I, I did see it as part of, of Batman's arc of growth, uh, but I didn't make the connection of the xenophobia towards Superman and how that changes with, with John. Uh, I think, you know what? Where's my bell? Where's my bill? I lost it. There it is. Uh, five stars. Gold, gold, five gold stars. Um, yeah, no, that's great. I, I, I actually hadn't thought of that. I saw it more as like, look, I just fought the dark side guy and a million pair of demons. Like, what's a green dude? You know what I mean? It's just like another thing. Um, Do you think he's having these visions via his Martian Manhunter, like telepathically? giving him these visions or do you think it's ex- it's just explained through the timeline the multiple timelines and that's just somehow the universe's way of like warning him about everything you know it's almost like you work in comics greg how do you come <laughs> up with these insights uh no i for sure yeah yeah for sure um because i mean like wh- why else right he has no superpowers um so it seems like throwing these visions out for superman or for batman has to have some some alternate purpose um i mean part of me thinks maybe it's like his his interchanges with the flash um you know the flash doing the the time travel stuff and and maybe Mm -hmm. somehow that affecting batman um that's a possibility but but i do think john makes a little more sense um and, uh, you know, if if they actually restore the Snyderverse uh, or however they decide to to take this forward, I would love to see that explored because uh, that's actually a really interesting aspect that hasn't been touched upon in any DC movie uh, because we've kind of focused on kind of the big three, right? Uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And, and they don't have those abilities. Um, yeah, John, John brings an interesting angle to that. Um, and, you know, it, it could be also the... You know, just dealing with the mother boxes, maybe that has some mm. kind of impact on them, right? Uh, they may not be yeah, afraid I mean, the of them. Gave uh, Steppenwolf exactly, a and the the Kryptonian ship gave Cyborg a vision of yep. you know the possible future. Now that they're set on that course, yep. Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to more John in Justice League Two. Restore Snyder, <laughs> or what is it? Restore the Snyderverse. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think 
no matter what the future holds. I'm just glad we got to see this movie, um, and I'm looking forward to the stuff that is confirmed right now, like mm-hmm. the, the Batman by Matt Reeves. That's that trailer. Uh, I loved it. Yep. I'm, I'm really curious to see that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy they announced the Blue Beetle project. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be pretty cool. They announced Satana the other day. So it sounds like there are a lot of ambitious plans, um, and I'm very curious to see how they'll be distributed, like what'll be for HBO Max and what'll be uh, for theatrical. Yep. Uh, but if we do get the opportunity to see more of Zack Snyder's movies, I think they could just shrug that off as it's it's the else it's an Elseworlds tale. You know, it's 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 a different timeline, and they can continue with. Uh, the, the 2017 Justice League theatrical timeline on the big screen because you know clearly like people could talk all day about you know watching the version that just came out and wondering like why would they cut this and this and this from the theatrical uh, but I think at the end of the day and I, I'm not someone who has extra insight into you know behind <laughs> the scenes or anything like that no for real like with the movie like I, yeah, I have sure. no connections there whatsoever uh, I'm not yeah, gonna gonna brag that I you know have any extra intel or anything, but it, it definitely felt like the changes were made just because the look the, the overall reaction from the general public to Zack Snyder's work was not favorable, unfortunately. Right. And I say that as a fan. Yep. Like it, there's a huge fan base right now, and uh, they they showed up. You know they they donated a ton of money to a great cause, which is terrific. And, you know, they've shown their support of this movie and, you know, HBO Max has crashed. It's gone slow. I'm very curious to hear the numbers. But feedback at the time, based on all the information they had, didn't seem that positive for Man of Steel and that maybe Superman. And then Justice League didn't generate that much money at the box office, right. considering the kind of movie it is. You know, yep. it's the first Justice League movie. So I think a lot of the changes were just they didn't want to invest more uh, in letting Justice League establish so much of their future movies, which is why you didn't see Darkseid. You know, Steppenwolf was kind of doing his own thing. Because I think they wanted to save all of that mm-hmm. for their New Gods project. So they, yep. the New Gods project wouldn't be impacted in any way, shape, or form by anything that occurred in Man of Steel, BBS, or Justice League. They can do something. They could say it's part of the universe, but Essentially, there's there's no real uh, connections, nothing that they have to really worry about in terms of continuity. I what I really hope is that this whole like release of Snyder Cut movement over the past couple of years has taught mm-hmm. Warner that they don't need to copy what Marvel's doing. Right. I think that's where they failed a little bit is they were trying to set up this massive cohesive universe. And for whatever reason, the movies weren't hitting outside of like a core base right and and i think with a movie like the joker which i say is a great movie but it's not a joker movie um with things like that maybe they see like what their what their base is is just telling really good stories with these characters and and they should have already known that because before they had these live action movies there was how many animated films and like people love the shit out of those movies. Right. And they don't have to be interconnected. Like, you know, some of them are, uh, but most of them aren't and they don't need to be. 
And I'm hoping that, sure, like maybe there is a, a slice that's the, the Snyderverse, uh, but then you can tell these other stories, like, you know, you mentioned Zatanna and all these other projects uh, that don't have to tie into that. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, there there's a, a great back and forth between Batman in that epilogue scene, and, and Batman's talking about, like, Harley and, and this kind of thing. And, and that was cool uh, because it, it brings in properties like Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey into this Snyderverse, right, potentially. Um, but, but I hope they don't take that, like, too much to heart where they just focus on connecting these movies again. Just, just make good movies that people will enjoy, right? Like, if, I don't give a crap if they're connected. I don't care if you have a 10-year story that leads up to something, right? Um, I just want movies. I want to see these things on film. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think we'll see uh, how invested they are in having a cohesive feel with the Flash movie. You know that mm-hmm. seems to be their opportunity to have fun with the multiverse. And, and I do think they are kind of doing what you're saying because you know the Batman is its own thing, right? right. It's not connected, as far as I know. It's supposed to be its own. Uh, little pocket universe of just a Batman, presumably a trilogy if it's a success, and I certainly hope it is because you know I love Matt Reeves' work on um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, so I'm mm-hmm. very curious to see what he brings to Batman. Um, but it, it, it seems like that uh, that's what they're doing, um, and I certainly hope that's the case because yeah, I mean I, I don't think anyone ever truly thrives by trying to just. Uh, copy what someone else is doing i think uh success comes from you know authentic passion and uh really being proud of what you're working on and knowing that it's uh something special for uh, sure and and, and, the, and that's not a jab at you know any of the projects i'm sure you know every project is a labor of love for countless people and i have no doubt about that but uh yeah i mean marvel you know they they did the build-up of the shared universe they did it extremely well um, and now we'll just have to wait and see how, you know, these, these new DC movies were allowed, whether they have a focus on trying to connect or if they say, you know what, it's a multiverse, let's have fun, let's just focus on telling good stories. And if there's a way to connect them one day, cool. If yeah. not, no worries. Yep. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. So let me tell you, one of my favorite things about this movie, and again, I had I knew nothing about this going in. I don't know if the information was already out, uh, but it, this 30-minute epilogue, okay? Because I'm watching this movie, and you know, you get to the final fight between the League and and Steppenwolf, and mm-hmm. you know, they defeat him. Everything's great, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. But uh, I pause it, and there's still 30 minutes left, and I'm like, what the <laughs> hell's happening that there's 30 minutes left? And I mean, some of the stuff we'd already seen, right? Like the scene with uh, with Deathstroke and uh, Luther, we'd seen um, different th- dialogue, though. Different, uh, yes, Luther. different dialogue, and yeah. it was an expanded scene. Um, yeah. But but my favorite thing about this epilogue was how we went from the battle right into this like very long wind down uh, that sets up a lot of future projects. Um, but also the fact that I didn't have to sit through five minutes of credits to see all the cool scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've been spoiled by 
this whole thing with Marvel where you, you stop and you watch the credits and you get the scene. And then maybe if you stay long enough, there might be a, a second scene at the end. And and everyone's copying this. Like it's not just Marvel anymore, right? Like every movie is doing this now. Uh, and I like the fact that we just got it all as part of the movie. That was one of my favorite things about this. Yeah, it was definitely a cool way to wrap things up. Um, definitely an ambitious way, considering. Uh, look, the, he said the request was to make his movie, and that's what that's how he wanted things to play out. He clearly had plans for. I believe he said two more Justice League movies mm-hmm. would have continued this uh, storyline, and obviously the Deathstroke Luther scene was teasing the Ben Affleck-directed Batman movie, yep. um, which sounded like it could have been really cool. Um, so, uh, I, look, I'm not going to push to get that, because <laughs> at the end of the day, it sounds like... No, because it sounds like Ben Affleck went through a lot with this role, and, you know, at the end of the day, you just want what's best for people. Yeah, and, yeah. And then and if this role was you know, taking him to a very difficult place and everything, then, you know, I'm grateful that I got to see him in BBS as Batman, and I'm grateful I got to see him in this movie as Batman. I enjoyed both portrayals. Uh, I would love to see more, but if, if that's not something he wants to do, then, you know, I'll, I'll live without ever seeing that movie, you know? It's not like I'm never going to see a cool Batman story again. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be... There's going to be a new Batman comic every week that I'm going to enjoy. There's going to be more animated movies that I'm going to enjoy. And there's going to be more live-action movies and more video games. Batman, there's no short supply of good stories. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And and the same for Superman, right? Because, I mean, Henry Cavill's done, right? He, he's too busy being the Witcher now. Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe doing more Mission Impossible movies. I don't know. But, uh, but by the way... Speaking of Mission Impossible movies, I think they really spent a lot more money fixing that mustache lip in this movie. Because it was barely noticeable, as opposed to the theatrical, where you could really tell they CGI'd his mustache out. Oh, that that was only... Um, that's because none of those shots are in this movie. Every time that happened, that was a, uh, a reshoot. With oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See, I didn't catch that. This is what I get for not following the news. <laughs> well, that that allows you to approach it without like thinking about all these other things. You know, you're just yeah. judging it based off of what you're seeing. Yep. So you yep. don't have all these outside thoughts going on about you know uh, taking you out of the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about this uh, this Batman Joker scene. Uh, okay. because this also goes back to something you said earlier about people just uh, chiming in on social media. Uh, the one thing that I saw, because they released that little chunk in, in as part of the trailer, I think, before the movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, or part of it at least, and everyone was talking about the, the society line that Joker says. And, um, you know, I, I didn't watch the whole trailer because, you know, I, I didn't want to know a lot of that stuff. Um, I didn't follow a lot of the commentary, uh, but I did see a lot of people making fun of the scene. Um, and and having watched the scene in the movie, it's almost like these people also didn't <laughs> watch the scene in the trailer um, because like whatever, but everything that I saw about the scene, 
no, none of it made sense having seen the scene in full. Um, and and I think I, you know, I don't know if that's maybe a problem with the trailer or a problem with with fan expectations sometimes. Uh, but you know they were literally making fun of the line, and I think the the sentiment behind it was uh, was actually pretty deep. I I, I love this scene, this this back and forth. Um, I I don't know how I felt about kind of the the muddy look. Um, there's something about the lighting, mm. uh, the way that that Joker was shot, that that seemed a well, little this off. Was the one extra scene that was shot. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but but I, he just he himself looked weird. It's like Batman was in in high def and the Joker was muddy, and and so that mm. was a little off. But but I love the dialogue back and forth. Um, and and I just I love this like post-apocalyptic setting, uh, that they they placed this part of the epilogue in. Um, in fact, I was talking to my, my co-host Nick about the scene because he's like, um, he knows I, I've read like way too much Batman for my own good. And he's like, was this in any comic? And like, I gave him some of the references um, for, for some of these scenes, but I didn't recall like this specific world setup, right? That the nightmare scenario and um and so we went back and forth a little bit on that but i just i i i want a movie in in this exact time frame uh and maybe that's what you know justice league 3 would have been but uh but i thought it was really well done i i really enjoy that i i love when when batman and joker team up because obviously there's always like an alternate reason why joker's doing it um but but i think it played out really well in film I do think it's funny that uh, that we live in a society line um, <laughs> was ad-libbed by Jared Leto mm-hmm. in the trailer, but then not in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they got people talking about it. And there was another line by Jared Leto, though, that was ad-libbed. Um, I think it was a Variety article or something where they talked about it. The one where he says, uh, I'll keep it PG, where he says to Batman, like, oh, you're not going to kill me. I'm your best friend. Who else is going to... He basically says who else is going to do something to Yeah, 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 yeah. You. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That was apparently an ad lit by Jared Leto. And in the interview, he apparently said, you're not, there's no way you're going to use that. And I think Zack Snyder said, watch me or something. <laughs> so he did keep it. Um, but yeah, this, this, this nightmare timeline, it feels like... Um, in the unlikely event we do get these movies, I'll keep it spoiler-free, but uh, Zack Snyder did post uh, these giant whiteboards that showed his original plans for Justice League 2 and 3, and it was really cool because it featured little sketches by Jim Lee and the lettering huh. of the story. Uh, Jeff Johns actually did the lettering for oh, that wow. stuff, he says. Yeah, and it was, just, it was supposed to be this epic story where... Um, uh, Superman, you know, loses a loved one, and mm-hmm. that makes him susceptible to the anti-life equation. He and Darkseid take over, and then Batman, through an alliance with, you know, some, some villains, uh, is able to um, survive. I think he goes back in time. Sac- well, I said I'm not going to spoil, but this was the original plan, which could have changed. <laughs> Uh, he apparently sacrifices himself to save Lois when he goes back in time. And in doing so, 
um, Superman and like the armies of the world, like the Amazons, the Atlanteans, the literal armies of various nations, like unite against Darkseid, his allies, and his parademons, and eventually uh, take back the Earth. Um, so that would have been this two justice. There would have been two Justice League movies, and presumably like at least half of one of those movies would have been in the nightmare timeline. So that, that definitely would have been interesting. I would have loved that. Uh, but I, yeah, but, but at the same rate, you know, I, I'm a fan of his movies, but I understand why if a studio was looking at the reception to his movies and seeing, you know, critics aren't liking it uh, based on what they could tell the general audience isn't liking it. They didn't want to invest, you know, in really going forward with that vision, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, it's each their own. Uh, we all have different opinions on that. Uh, I I would love to see it. I, I hope I do get to see it. While you know, while uh, WB Theatrical still does its own thing with you know the variety of properties uh, that they have, and uh, we can just get a good variety of DC stories because at the end of the day, you know that's what we all want just to enjoy a bunch of different movies and uh, shows with these characters. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe. Some of this, uh, you know, release the Snyder Cut movement can can bleed a little bit into that. Um, I hope not too much, right? Because I still want the studio to like make the right decision for the studio, right? And not just, I mean, as big a fan as I am, I don't want to be pandered to, right? Because that also gives people uh, bad habits, right? I feel like maybe some people might be like, okay, yeah, we did this release a Snyder Cut thing for the past three years. Now let's do, um, I don't know, what's what's a character that like should never have a movie? Um, like I don't know. If I if I pick one, someone's gonna get mad at me. Um, you know what I mean? Like, all right, for example, Blue, <laughs> look, I, look, I I I like Blue Beetle. I wouldn't think Blue Beetle would be like one of the next properties. You see what I mean? Um. Something like oh, that. He's I, got a movie on the way. That's what I'm saying. I would never have expected that. Like there, there's a line okay. of characters that I would see being made into film before that. Uh, but you know, the same is true with Marvel. Like the Shang Chi movie. Like I would not have expected that. But like awesome because I I love that, especially the old ones, like the '70s Shang Chi. Holy shit, uh, yeah. they're awesome. Uh, so like good on the studios for actually doing that kind of thing, but, but I don't want it mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, what are the fans saying that they want us to make? Um, because then, you know, there's already enough entitlement from, from fans and, and if studios go in that direction, it, it will only get worse. Right. So it's kind of tricky for me to answer that as, somebody who works for a company <laughs> i mean you of all people should know because you deal with valiant fans all the time and god only knows you must be a saint to work for valiant <laughs> no 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 look i joined valiant as a valiant fan yeah you know? sure uh that was one of the reasons i was brought on to help give that perspective and uh you know to, to help uh continue to share my feedback on uh you know, why I love the universe, why I love the characters, stuff like that. And how I can, you know, hopefully, you know, get fans to, you know, continue to give books a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, once again, Shadow Man number one on sale <laughs> April 28th. Pre-order at your local comic shop by April 5th. 
No, it is a good book. I do hope you guys check it out. It's terrific. Uh, and by the way, like if you, if you do want to talk to Colin or John, obviously I'm happy to set that up for like, you know, after the issue goes on sale or something. If you for sure. To, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Spoilers. Yeah. But back to uh, what you were saying. I, I think it's important. It's really a case-by-case basis because like these movies, it depends on how you're viewing them because I view them as elsewhere stories. Mm-hmm. But other people may say, no, this is your main cinematic universe. And if it's a main cinematic universe, it has to feel true to, you know, the most essential things for these characters. Um, and they have to be portrayed a certain way. But I view it as like, well, it's a different version. Um, right. Batman, in every cinematic take, as far as I can recall, has killed people. And Batman v Superman as far as I can recall, is the only one to really actually make that part of his arc to show that he's acting out of character and has lost sight of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, Michael Keane's Batman, who was, uh, you know... The worst Batman? Yes, Batman. you're right. No, I, I, I love Batman. Man. I love it. Is that nostalgia talking? Maybe, but whatever. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love those movies, but he kills so many people in those movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when he's controlling the Batmobile and it goes to that factory and it, you know, armors up and all those guys are around it and it just drops the bomb and drives away. And also, like, Batman himself kills people. Like when he's going up that uh, tower to get to the Joker. That one guy he throws down the building. Yep. Um, yeah. So so that that Batman has certainly killed people, and uh, doesn't feel too bad about it. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, in the comics, right before Joker disappeared for like twenty years, fifteen years, uh, Batman kills him. He throws him off a, a lighthouse, uh, and then he disappears because you know he was being he was being Wolverined. He was he was in every DC comic. Uh, so they they got rid of him for ten or fifteen years, I think it was. Um, yeah, no, I I get yeah. that, man. I get that. I, yeah, and and really, it comes down to like the perspective that you bring into it, because like, for example, with Valiant, I I think you know we're a smaller publisher. We're only putting out you know one Exo Man War comic or mm-hmm. one Bloodshot comic or one Ninja comic. We're not putting out multiple. Exo Man War stories. You, you know? forgot or one so, Shadow Man comic out April twenty eighth. Oh wait, there's a Shadow Man comic. That's what I April heard. Twenty eighth available for pre order April fifth. <laughs> I've heard I've heard good things. I've heard a lot of people talking about that book. And yeah, that's I've seen great. Some really positive reactions on social media. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, because you know these are the big two and these characters exist in so many mediums and have so many different stories. Um, I think it's okay that, you know, studios took a risk and tried something different. Uh, but I understand why um, certain fans didn't like that. Sure. But, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm missing, uh, first of all, let me just say, I'm not operating on a lot of sleep. It's 9.21 p.m. at the time of this recording, which is well past my bedtime with a four-month-old. So what I was going to say is you were asking me about fan entitlement with responding to fans who were campaigning. Yes, yes. What I was kind of going into was the negative reaction to Snyder's movies. Yeah. 
look, I think at the end of the day, uh, if there is enough positive demand for something, if there's an audience for something, and if that audience has proven that they are happy to support a product with their hard-earned money, um, then I think it's simply a good business decision to consider providing a product for that audience. Right. Because uh, yes. they are, then, then you're simply listening to your consumers who are uh, offering to, to, to pay for a product to support the product. And again, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, did that translate to HBO Max uh, getting, you know, a record amount of views uh, on the movie? Did it lead to a considerable amount of new subscriptions for the platform? Do they retain those subscriptions a month mm-hmm. after? Um, are people still watching a couple weeks after uh, this movie came out? I think all those things are very important from a business standpoint for them to take a look at and evaluate. And if all those numbers are very impressive, then, you know, it would simply be a wise business decision for them to at least consider, is it worth continuing down that path. But then, you know, they also have other partners that they have to take into account, like WP Theatrical. Um, Can they do that without stepping on toes? You know, Mm -hmm. can they have fun with, a multiverse without really affecting other plans. Um, and I, you know, I don't have the luxury of having any extra knowledge there. Um, yeah. I, I just have to wait and see like everyone else, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of focus on, I have to tread carefully here. There's a lot of focus on the negative fans. And yep. that unfortunately exists, you know, in any kind of fandom, whether it's sports or any, I mean, sports, you have people fighting in stadiums because they like a different team, you know, mm-hmm. um, at least with this, people are just fighting on the internet. Um, <laughs> not, not to, not to be reductive. I'm sorry. Obviously, you know, people can, you know, be very hurtful with what they're saying and stuff like that. Uh, but it, it, people who act toxic, people who harass other people, people who say mean stuff to other people, uh, people who said death threats, obviously all that stuff is atrocious. And I would never stand by any of that nonsense. That is, that is not an effective way to get what you want. And it's simply not being a good human being. Yep. Um, you got to think, you know, whatever you're putting out there, are you comfortable saying that if the person was right there, could you have a good conversation about it? Um, but there's a lot of focus on that. And, but there's there's so many other people who I feel like this movement has really helped a lot of people as well uh, because it shined a spotlight on mental health mm-hmm. and uh, suicide prevention awareness. Uh, and they raised a ton of money for that. And based on the connections I have within that fan base, uh, they've all been incredibly supportive of each other and it's helped them through tough times. And uh, by bringing awareness to this, it's made them feel less alone. And I'm not sure if you notice in the movie, after Bruce picks up Barry and they drive away, there's a billboard that says, you are not alone, which is, of course, not only a nod to Man of Steel, which general thought's message. <laughs> uh, it's also an ad for uh, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention as well. Yep. Um, so I thought that was a that was a nice touch that they did that. 
so at the end of the day, some people suck and they should be frowned upon, and I, I hope they do some soul searching. Uh, but there are also a ton of great people who, you know, this brought them a lot of joy and meant a lot to them, and they did a lot of great work to try to help other people, and uh, those people should be applauded. I think to go tangentially along with that, um, there seems to be like a sentiment of like maybe it's not okay for me to like this, and and you know you and I are Man of Steel hipsters. We always like the movie, uh, but you know I remember like you know I watched it when it came out. I loved it. I, I watched it a couple times, and uh, and I didn't watch it for a couple of years, and I I rewatched it you know maybe two years ago or something like that. And uh, and I tweeted about it, and and I can't tell you the number of people that said like, "Thank you for sharing this." Like I thought I was the only one, and I'm like, you should never <laughs> feel like you're the only person that likes a movie. You know what I mean? Like, and if you like it, then say you like it, because then other people that are afraid to share their opinion on it um, will chime in, right? Because oftentimes the people that chime in are the people that kind of go on with the negativity. Right. It's for some reason it's easier to to agree with those people sometimes. Um, but like if you like a movie, just say you like it. Like it's fine. I have a friend who loves Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's my youngest daughter's favorite movie. Um, did I think it's like the best movie ever? No, it's got a lot of problems. But like it's a really fun movie. And you know who am I to tell him like why the hell do you like Suicide Squad? You know what I mean? Like good for you. You like Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's kind of the policy I've always had where, like, and, and I get why some people don't want to say that because people seem very eager to debate or tell someone they're wrong for their opinion, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether they like or dislike something. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to just don't want to experience that online, and that's understandable. And then that, that's a bummer. Yep. It feels like you can't, like, celebrate something you like because someone's going to kind of try to bring it down. Um yeah, I've, I've always been a big advocate of, you know, support the things you love and, uh, you know, be proud of the things that you love and focus on that instead of tearing down the things that you don't like. Yep. Um, you know, I see, I read a lot of comics, I watch a lot of shows, watch a lot of movies that, you know, maybe aren't for me, but I'm not then going to go on social media and see someone say they loved it and then hop you know, uh, reply to them. Like, well, <laughs> you're wrong, and here's why. Now, again, constructive criticism. No beef with that whatsoever. Did I just say no beef with that? What year is it? Jeez, I am tired. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no beef whatsoever. Like, I, I, I get it. If someone, you know, if someone watches something and they're really disappointed by it, and then they go and explain why, you know, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they talk about what they wish could have been handled differently, totally fine. Just when people make it mean spirited and personal, that that's that's something I can never really stand behind or understand. Yep. Because uh, at the end of the day, like again, the thing that unites us is our love for these characters. And these characters, for the most part, you know, all the biggest ones, they're supposed to inspire us and make us try to be better people. And I don't think us arguing with each other on the internet over subjective stuff mm-hmm. uh, is accomplishing that. I I agree 100%. I have one final question, and we'll wrap it up. 
Where would you rank the Snyder Cut among DCEU movies? Okay. Um, so then I have to think about all the DC movies, DCEU movies, and then I'm going to upset people with that order. And I don't want to upset people, man. I don't want to bash on someone's favorite movie. Uh, I will just, I will, I will rank the Snyder trilogy in terms of just my personal preference and not necessarily what I think is like objectively the best or whatever. I would say with Snyder's trilogy, uh, Man of Steel is my favorite. BVF Ultimate Edition, second favorite. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is my third. And that's not saying, you know, I think Man of Steel is the greatest and Zack Snyder's Justice League is terrible. I'm just, um, there, there are things I absolutely love in the movie. But in terms of just personal preference, I, I feel like I'm going to be re-watching Man of Steel a lot over the years. And BVS has grown on me a lot over the years. But simply just based on the fact that it's a four-hour movie, man. There's, there's yep. a lot of stuff yep. I love in there. But then, yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I think it would be third in the trilogy for me. And I know that's a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a controversial opinion with uh, our fellow Snyder fans. And then that's okay, because I'm sure many of them would say, hey, you like what you like. There's, there's no beef there. Zero yeah. beef. Yeah, like what you like. Uh, lucky for you, I'm going to agree with you, though. Because uh, I had the, the theatrical, um, I would put it like maybe second from the bottom. Uh, to, to me, Birds of Prey may have been the least enjoyable. Like it, it was a fun movie, but it wasn't like a good movie. Um, but I always had Man of Steel and BVS at the top. BVS extended, I should rephrase, uh, much better yeah. than the theatrical. But uh, yeah, I'm going to put the Snyder Cut like right there, man, number three. Um, and, and BVS and Man of Steel kind of flip. Four? Uh, number four is uh, probably Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, the original What's Wonder Woman. Five? five is Shazam. Six. Six is going to be. I'm oh, going down the whole list, man. I might maybe Aquaman. Yeah, I think okay. I'd go with. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Aquaman. Do Aquaman, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad next. next? Yep. Um, Wonder Woman two or 1984, excuse me. Uh, and then the Justice League theatrical, and then Birds of Prey. And Joker's not on the list because it's uh, not the DCEU. Sorry. I said Joker's not on the list because it's not DCEU. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not. Um. I guess we'll have to revisit that list when Flash comes out and Shazam 2 and uh, Black Adam. And all Suicide Squad 2 is coming out. That looks fun. Yeah, yeah. That looks like it'll probably be a, a good time. And, um, you know, before uh, before we had our son, um, the one thing that, uh, I, I, that I felt would really affect my life, like my wife and I don't go out a lot. Yeah. Know, we don't go to, like, we don't party or anything. Um, we, we, we don't socialize a lot. <laughs> um, but we do love watching movies. So it's like, oh, man, so it's going to be like a solid year until we can watch a movie again in theaters, right? Then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and then Warner Brothers said, you know, these movies are going to HBO Max. And I love theatrical experience. And I sincerely want movie theaters to, you know, 
come out of this stronger than ever before, and I want a future where, you know, movie theaters are limited to just playing blockbuster movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same rate, I am incredibly grateful that I got to watch this at home because I wouldn't have been able to go to a movie theater and see this movie. And I'm really excited that I'll get to also watch what Godzilla vs. King Kong and then Mortal Kombat as well. Hell yeah. And Suicide Squad. Yeah, so it's 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 great knowing that uh, I'll be able to safely watch all this stuff. <laughs> uh, and hopefully, uh, not all of them in four by three aspect ratio. Because uh, I got to tell you, four hours of that, I was getting a little cross-eyed. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie, but I, but I loved it because it was like the focus was in the middle of the screen, uh, and yep. that's where all the action was. So I didn't mind that at all. Very good. Yeah, and he's, you know, DC, aside from Batman, you know, he's he's supposed to be surrounding himself with these, like, these godlike characters. So I mm-hmm. like that it kept the focus on them feeling taller and bigger than life in the middle. Uh, I, I didn't mind it, but, hey, it's all subjective, right? Yes, I see. That's funny that you said that. Um, I listened to a, a podcast right after I watched the movie, and, uh, and they made a joke that they could have easily done the Snyder Cut in, like, a TikTok format, you know, like, portrait video. Um, because like the only thing that mattered was right in the middle, right? Like even the, even though it, with the, with the box, the stuff on the sides didn't really matter too much. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know that I would want to see a, a movie, uh, in the shape of a phone screen. That'd be a little weird. Which is funny you say that because that's how the theatrical version of it <laughs> Uh, you're so good. You're such a treat, Greg. We should chat more often. <laughs> I'm always down to talk. Uh, but no, thanks for uh, for hanging out and taking the time away from your wife and son. Uh, do you tell your Dude, wife you I know, appreciate I'm her? I'm always happy to talk about Shadow Man. Thanks for having me on for the Shadow Man episode. Wait, Shadow um, Man? You I mean wait for people? Is, is this the, the yeah, Cullen yeah. Bunn and John Davis Hunt book that's coming out April 28th? Pre-order uh, April 5th. Yeah, Colin Bunn, John Davis Hahn, Jordy Belair, Clayton Cowles, brand new series for Valiant Entertainment, uh, horror, supernatural, superhero action. Um, I, I really had a good time talking all things Shadow Man with you for the past hour and a half. Uh, released the Shadow Man comic. Uh, get that hashtag going. We should sell that. I should, you can, I should title this Release the Shadow Man comic. <laughs> and also, uh, the aspect ratio of Shadow Man can be whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want it you to be. Because you could just, you know, use your hands or rulers <laughs> to just change your perspective while reading the comic. You can also make it a four hour cut if you want by just taking a lot of time to read it. Uh, choice is yours. Uh, I, I will chime in with a positive review. Uh, it really is my favorite Shadow Man book since uh, the Bob Hall stuff. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I was saying it on Twitter. People don't believe me. Just just go pre-order the book, and then you'll believe me. You'd be like Martin was right the whole time. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, I did remember that I will be sending you an email uh, after our talk. See, all you got to do is suck up, people, and then you get nice things. <laughs> no, it's it's about listening to the fans, and uh, I, I do my best to stay in touch with uh, their look. Man, I, I know we joke a lot, but at the end of the day, like 
the Valiant fan base, you can always count on them to be super passionate, but also be honest with you. Very and honest, I, yes. I think that's a, yeah, and that's important. I'm not going to knock that because that, that's, you know, it, it's important to, you know, get, give companies your feedback. Uh, and you, yeah, at the end of the day, you're choosing to spend your hard-earned money on something. Yep. And you have a right to say whether you like it or not. Um, that's totally up to you. And thank you, by the way, for liking Shadow Man out April 28th, <laughs> pre-ordered online April 5th. Shadow Man number one. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> if, if there's a Valiant fan out there listening to this, maybe I should tweet this. Um, any sh- any Valiant fans that maybe have uh, skipped some of the books for whatever reason, maybe you felt like they weren't for you, uh, then you need to pre-order this because this book, I guarantee you, is very much for you. How's that? You are free to tweet whatever you want. <laughs> that sounds... I, I, am, I am all in favor of any positive tweets about Shadow Man. Um, but no, seriously, Valiant fans, um, it, it's a great community. Um, and they seriously are some of the most passionate fans out there because, like, how many other fan bases can say that they've remained super passionate about something between the company even existing, you know, like before it returned for the summer yep. Valiant, that fan base was still there, still on, you know, the forums talking, still being passionate about these characters. So I, I got nothing respect for that, nothing yep. but respect for that. And uh, I, I do my best to, you know, not only keep in touch with like you and the guys that get Valiant, Valiant watch and stuff, because you guys, you know, you're choosing to spend some of your free time to talk about Valiant and get the word out about Valiant. You know, whether it's good or bad, you're choosing to spend that extra time out of your day and focus on dying. And that means the world to me. So I, I just want to, I, I always want to make sure that's recognized and appreciated. And uh, plus, I do just enjoy talking comics with you guys. Hell yeah. I mean, who knows how much I'm going to talk about tonight. Yeah, on this podcast alone, before, like, <laughs> Zack Snyder, I had to listen to a half hour of Moon Knight. I don't even know who that is. Uh, and 15 minutes about Shadow Man. Uh, just repeating the same message over and over again. No, we're actually, we're recording. Uh, you know what? Let's wrap this up here. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs>